He'll drop the puck. Dreisaitl to McDavid. The empty net. He scores! Connor McDavid! It's his second of the night, 31st of the year, and the Oilers are up 5-3. That is the playoff clincher tonight for your Edmonton Oilers. An empty netter by Connor McDavid, who was magnificent again. The Oilers beat the Canucks 5-3, and a playoff spot is secured. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10:43 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, goal number 1 gets the little check mark or the little X if you go by how they signify it in the standings. Playoffs Oilers will be there. Every team that wins the Stanley Cup uh, at the beginning of the season, they start with a goal of make the playoffs. And they have little steps as they go up towards uh, their the completion of their, their goal of winning a Stanley Cup. And you can't get there without the base. And the base is making the playoffs. And the others have done that now. Now, we've known that as a group for a while that they were going to be there, the way they've played, the season they put together. But it's always nice to have that official uh, sign where I've already got it on my, my iPhone three times tonight from three different sports apps. Oilers have made the playoffs, and it's nice. It, it's a goal that you've achieved. You get to mark it off. Uh, as some players, they'll have individual goals, but every player will have a team goal. And the first one is done. Now they can start focusing a little bit more. They can start thinking a little bit ahead. It's not too early now because they are now officially playoff hockey club. And Connor McDavid leading the way again. He gets two goals and two assists tonight, Rob. He has 91 points on the season in 50 games. I mean, he might get to 100. As you said, it's 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 a plateau that, you said this before the game, you know, it's a plateau that maybe has a little bit of artificial significance just because 100 means something in the way we number things. Regardless, 91 in 50 is spectacular enough. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, the run that he's had as of late, um, I mean, I was fortunate. I got to play with Mario Lemieux at his height, and I saw the special things he did. And I don't recall him having a, a stretch where it's, you know, an expected three points every night. And that's what Connor's doing every game. It's like, all right, there's three. And, and some, you don't even notice. It's like at the end, oh, another four points for Connor. Oh, another three points for Connor. Uh, and, and that's not with all the chances being buried. I know that nights that I had three points is because I made two good plays and got really, really lucky on a third. And it was everything I had to get three points. Connor's getting three points because the other 10 chances never got uh, capitalized on. Uh, it, it's it's got to be fearful for the defense been playing against him, the line that he's out against, because you can't. It's not even a mistake. Like sometimes the opposition plays them perfectly, plays uh, the the team in a zone defensively perfectly. Yet he still makes you look silly, and he still puts the puck in the back of the net. It's been a special year for Connor, and the the best part of the Oilers clinching a playoff spot is Connor McDavid's season has just been extended. And that's good because right now, the way things are going for Connor McDavid, uh, you don't want it to end. And t- tonight, the Vancouver Canucks, they ha- this is a team that's in-, in a world of hurt between injuries and illness and-, and players in and out of the lineup. They are not capable of playing or putting a line out there or a defensive pairing out there to go up against Connor McDavid. And he exploited it shift after shift tonight. Well, and I didn't think the Canucks played lousy by any means. Nope. 
I mean, they they've they fought back. They had a response to a couple of Oilers' goals. The third period, though, for I mean, they wound up with eight shots for most of the period. They had one shot, and then they got a few, and then and then they got the goal. But I mean, they did their best to hang around. But you're right, they're they weren't having a great season to begin with. They had three and a half weeks off with the COVID outbreak where they didn't play or practice. And now they have several important players out of the lineup. And, uh, you know, it's a team, if the Oilers go out there and, and do their thing, they should win unless something unusual happens or the Oilers beat themselves or maybe a couple of individual performances from the Canucks uh, win a game. I mean, you've referenced it before, Rob. This, this is a tough final run for the Canucks here. It is. It's, it'd be a tough schedule for any team. Uh, let alone a team that had three weeks off because they were sick and are now missing six to eight regular players. It's tough. I mean, uh, they looked fatigued. As the game went on, they got more and more tired. And and you could tell there was a long stretch in the third period where it was just, uh, if the Zamboni came out, it wouldn't have had to go into the other zone because the puck was never there. Uh, There's a couple players up front for the Vancouver Canucks that can make a difference when they're on the ice, and that's the Miller-Besser line and they were very very good but then it's a huge drop off after that it's just a bunch of kids that are working hard uh trying to keep uh, their head above water uh, the others are just a, a superior team and it showed as the game went on they were the better club give the canucks full credit they work they never stop working but the others are better and dave tippett when he put the lines together knew that connor and leon would not be stopped against the vancouver canucks and tonight, they won the hockey game for the Oilers. Four goals for that line was more than the entire Canuck team had. And again, uh, Connor and Leon led the way, and the other players on the team followed along at the end of the night. They got good enough goaltending, and they got a good victory. So 5-3 is the final in favor of the Oilers, and that means on 630Ched.com, the Japanese Village goal light is lit up. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Okay, Rob, so I, I think we should also talk about, and, and we know there's there's still time to go and and things can change a lot, but it is interesting. One of the themes going back to last January, January of 2020, was they got to find line mates for McDavid and Dreisaitl. They, they can't have them on the same line all the time. Well, now they are on the same line, and it's been off and on lately, but they've played a few games together. And Jesse Pugliarvi was up there, and I thought he was a significant member of that line. I mean, sometimes it was McDavid and Dreisaitl, and you still didn't notice the third guy. The good thing was you, you noticed Pugliarvi tonight, so I wonder uh, what the approach is going to be here for Tippett the next few games and then going into the postseason. Um, well, I, I, I think he liked what he saw with Leon Connor and Yessie. I think he knows that the Canucks can't match up against them. They can't match up a defensive pairing. They can't match up a line, although the Paul Horvat line is, uh, does a, as good a job as they can. But when they get in the defensive zone, they're in trouble because they don't have the defensive pairing to play against them. I think Dave Tippett would love to see which is the best combinations in second, third, and fourth lines for when he puts those guys together. Uh, when the Oilers get to the playoffs, it'll be depend on who they're playing, what the scores are in games, where they're playing on the road at home, and that'll make the decisions on if Connor and Leon are together or apart. But it, to do that, when you put them together, it's a big drop-off. 
And now Nuge, Cahoon, and Yamamoto had an okay game tonight, but it's against, a, they're not playing against a playoff hockey club. And they're not playing against a second line that they would see with the Leafs, that they would see with the, the, the Canadians or even the Jets once Ehlers gets back. So he, Dave Tippett wants to know who we can put out there as a second line and be able to compete against the elite in the National Hockey League. McLeod tried it the other day. Now Nugent Hopkins back at center. So I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, rolls the dice and tries another combination because he wants to know in, in all situations when he comes to the playoff what he can be most comfortable with when it comes to line combinations. Well, and Cahoon got a nice goal today. Turns out to be the game winner, Rob. It made it 4-2 for the Oilers at 19-15 of the second period. Dmitry Kulikov and Ryan Nugent Hopkins got the helpers, and Kulikov, pretty nice pass to get his first point as a member of the Oilers. Very nice. That was a beautiful play. It was, in all all honesty, when they showed the replay, it looks like I run practices and sometimes you have just five on O's going in just to warm up. And that's what it looked like. It, everyone touched the puck, move, boom, bang, 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 wide open net uh, goal. It, it was wonderfully done. Uh, you, you like the fact that you're one of your supposed defensive defensemen, Kulikov jumps up in the play and then makes a smart play. Uh, he, he found the guy that was in the best scoring position and he got the puck to him and it wasn't a, a, a guess or a hope pass he knew exactly where he wanted to go so uh yeah it's kulikov has looked more comfortable this is i thought the most comfortable he looked with the oilers there was no glaring mistakes it was a simple game and then makes a nice play there uh the competition wasn't as good but it's a confidence builder for him and his partner larson and, and they were very good so going forward uh, here at the end there may be some players that may get a game off with rest uh, I think they're going to light Kulikov in the rest of the in for the rest of the games, just so he gets acclimated to playing with Larson, and he's fully prepared to play for the Oilers in the playoffs. So five three, the Oilers take it. That means a five hundred dollar donation to six thirty Chet Santa's Anonymous coming from James H Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They give a hundred dollars for every Oilers goal, and the total for the season now sixteen thousand. $300 and talking about Kulikov well for his first point in Edmonton colors we're going to make him the fourth star of the game for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual order your game day meal for takeout or delivery check out the menu at mrmikes.ca the three stars selected at Rogers Arena tonight McDavid Miller and Tyson Berry who swooped down from the point and got a goal early in the second period you can get us at 780-496-0063 if you are on hold uh, we we are we have Dave Tippett coming soon, so we're just gonna make sure we get Coach on uh, before we uh, go to any calls, and we don't have to interrupt anybody once Tippett uh, starts up because we don't want to get you Tippett's comments uh, ASAP as the Oilers have uh, have clinched a playoff spot. Rob, what I mean, we've talked a lot about Puliyarvi throughout the season. What fifty games now? What? do you think is the biggest stride or how is he impacting the game in, in ways maybe he wasn't earlier or even in his earlier tenure with the Oilers? Uh, understanding his role. I think that's the biggest thing for a young player. You've always played a certain way. You expect to play it when you get to the national hockey league, you shouldn't have to change. You are always a star. You were a high draft pick. Uh, he was a guy that carried the puck through the neutral zone. He's a guy that would try to beat guys one-on-one uh, he would force shots on net because he had a big shot that would he could score against junior goaltenders. And that's what he tried to be when he first came up with the Oilers before. 
But now he understands his role. Now he's a guy that, when he gets the puck on a stick, finally honor Connor. If there's nothing there, get puck in deep. Drive into the corners. Disrupt. Cause chaos. Uh, he, I don't think in his entire junior career or, or pro career before he came to, uh, to the National Hockey League, he was a guy that would go into a corner and be physical or go in hard on a forecheck to create chaos for the skilled players because he was the skilled player. Uh, but he understands that now. He takes a beating in front of the net, and tonight they showed a couple times where he gave a beating. He's got, I probably, he might actually be the guy that's most disliked by the opposition. He, I don't know how many times we've seen guys go after him. Just, I don't think he understands how big and strong he is and how physical he can be. But he's, he's uh, certainly getting into the faces and into the minds of some of the opposition because the guys aren't happy. And tonight he hammered. Edler in front of the net. So these are the things that he's learned how to do at this level, and he's being rewarded by being able to play with the top two players in the league. That's Pugliarvi's adjustment of the game for Alberta chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. You know, Rob, I, I've said this to you a lot. I I, I love the, the story of a season and all the, the ebbs and flows. Uh, I mean, it's a we have a, a lot more ups, the the first few years you and I uh, did the games when it was out of the playoffs by mid-December sometimes. But, you know, I, I enjoy that journey of a season, how a team's going to react to doing poorly, sometimes even how they react to, to doing well. And, you know, we were sitting there late January with the Oilers at three and six and wondering about goaltending and even even wondering about the power play, which seems crazy now, and, and wondering about Tyson Berry and about Pugliarvi and players like that. And and Tippett got talked about a lot. Uh, I mean, I certainly questioned some of the decisions. We had callers questioning the decisions. And, hey, no coach is perfect. But, you know, you look at the others, three and six start, 28, 11, and two since then. And, and I got to credit the coach because he was patient with a lot of guys. He often talked about getting a guy up to speed or letting him find his game. And I, I think that that paid off because it, certainly there were nights he was frustrated or maybe not happy with some decisions that were made in, in games. But he never seemed like he was coming out and like really ripping the team or, 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 or really putting them down. And I, I think that his his patience and his attitude really helped. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, if it was based on media or fans, Tyson Berry would have been sitting out in games early in the season. Ethan Bear would have been out a number of times. Uh, there was a lot of people who weren't happy with the way Larson was. Uh, there, nobody would ever have put Connor and Leon on the same line together. Uh, Koskinen wouldn't be here anymore. And he... Dave Tippett just stayed with the players that he liked. He understood. He knew what their their ceilings were. He knew that they were capable of more than they were giving at, at certain times. And he's drawn the best out of them. And that's what a, a, a coach's job is to get the best out of each player. And sometimes you have to coach different players differently. But your goal is to get the best out of each player. And I think you've done that. You look at the players on this team. That I mean, this is the best we've seen Larson play ever as an Edmonton Oilers. Best we've seen Darnell Nurse. Leon and Connor, again, having fantastic seasons. Um, Mike Smith. I, I mean, it just goes on and on how he's drawn the best out of these players. And when you have, when you do that, all of a sudden these players come together and you have a season like the Oilers are having. So it's a, Dave Tippett has had a very, he's got a very even temper, uh, 
um, mindset. He, he's a guy that doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. He's fairly honest, but not in a, in a brutal way. He's not an honest like, like a Daryl Sutter will call you out. But he, he says, yeah, we need more out of Cahoon. Or we have, no, Zach Cassian, I mean, he's not giving us what we really think we need out of him. He's got more in him. And he says it matter-of-factly, and players appreciate that. So Dave Tippett has done a fantastic job coaching this team this year. Now we just hope that this continues and, and we get to, get to see this for another couple of months because it has been a fun season from where it started to where it is now. And that, yeah, I agree. The journey is the best part because if everything goes good the entire season, uh, you don't get to overcome anything. You don't get to overcome adversity. It doesn't seem as special. This seems special because where the others were at the beginning of the year. 5-3, the Oilers take it tonight. They played really well in the opening 10 minutes of this game. Pugliarvi got his 13th at 341, and they were able to uh, never relinquish. Uh, well, the Canucks uh, tied it, but uh, the Oilers never fell behind in this game. Okay, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Head coach, Dave Tippett. Hi, Dave. Um, it seemed inevitable, but is it nice to actually finally clinch it and, uh, you know, and have that spot secured? I mean, that's what you're after. That's, that's step one for the, uh, you know, the first step. You can't compete for the Stanley Cup unless you make the playoffs. So that's the first step. So we've uh, accomplished that. We've got uh, six games left that... Uh, we have to make sure we're playing and continue to build our team. But I give our guys credit. They, uh, the goal was to make sure we're a playoff team, and that's uh, that's what we've accomplished. Now we got to keep building. This team has been pretty consistent, uh, basically 10 games in from the season after that, that that was slow start. What what have you seen from this club that that kind of has has brought that consistency to this team? You know what? I really think there's a there's a couple factors. One, our leadership. You know, the leadership group with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, uh, Larson, and, and Nuge do a great job in that room. They continue to mature as, as top players, and they really drive that room. That, that the Schmidt getting healthy and coming in and have a heck of a year for us, our goaltending has been very really solid. Um, you know, the added depth this year is, uh, has helped. Tyson Berry's played very well for us. So there's just a lot of factors that have uh, our teams continue to build, and we've been able to uh, continue to build in the win column. Daniel Nijabowin, The Athletic. Hi, Dave. I just wanted to ask you a couple questions here about Jesse Pugliarvi. And I know you um, you really were trying to convince him last year to to come back or, you know, from the offseason and whatnot. Can you explain that process and, and what you've got out of a player compared to maybe what your expectations were? Well, Ken and I both talked about, you know, I think when we first got here, we we had hoped he would come back. He spent another, another year over there. I know a lot of teams called about him, but Ken wasn't going to just give him away. And um, this summer we uh, we had some conversations with him, uh, with him and his agent, and uh, talked about what we were trying to accomplish here and, and felt like his game has matured and he'd be a good fit for us. And ultimately he came back. He was... Uh, you know, I'm not sure how things went before here, but I know he's come in. He's played very well. He's uh, he's fit in very well with our group. He's a big, strong guy. He plays the game hard. He's got good skill. And his game has just continued to improve. And the biggest thing that 
he went over to Europe and played a couple of years there. And to come back and really adapt to the NHL game again and really uh, embrace the NHL game with competing in small spaces, competing in front of the net, the, the hard areas to play in, that's where he's at his best. So he's come back and he's been a very good player for us. I was told that, um, you know, if you if you didn't know he played in Finland, you, you would have guessed he played in the uh, the AHL, just in the, the sense that he went, he, he now goes right to the middle, he plays in the hard areas. Do, do you see that North American style game in him uh, now? Can, I know you didn't have him before, but maybe compared to some of the video or what you knew about him in the past? Well, I watched more of the video I watched from him was, uh, was when he was playing in Finland. So, you know, we played over here before. I watched some of it, but he was a young player just trying to learn the game game and um, you know he was he didn't speak the language he's very young coming over to try to play a, an NHL game and that's hard as a young player it's hard for anybody let alone you know uh, top picks I mean there's there's uh, it's a hard hard transition and so the maturity he's come back with and and he recognizes how he has to play to be successful over here and that that shows the maturity that he has in his game Dave, you've talked about wanting to, you know, stay within the system, not give up a lot. Well, in the second period, I think you only gave up five shots in the first 10 minutes of the third. You'd only given up one and really it was just off a faceoff where they scored. What did you think of your team's play protecting the lead tonight? You know, I thought we were, thought we were pretty solid. We weren't giving up a lot, and uh, they got the one face-off goal that uh, just a good quick draw. But uh, we weren't giving up a lot, which is we have to continue to prove in that improve in that area. And it's not just not just checking, not just it's our it's our play with, without the puck, but also our play with the puck, the ability to to make good plays, not not turn the puck over at the wrong places on the ice, and play in the offensive zone. And if we continue to improve those things it gives us a better chance to win can you talk about the offensive production you're getting from your back end obviously nurse and, and barry are doing a lot but kulikov with a really nice assist on the cahoon goal and you know bear and jones you've really asked those guys to engage uh, offensively even more just how important is the offense from your back end being to the success of your team i think it's you know it's <laughs> It's a must-have in today's NHL. You have to have people that are have the ability to join the rush, walk the, the blue line in the offensive zone, get pucks through, and we encourage our guys to make sure that we're we're up on every rush. And there's there's a time and place for everything. You can't get reckless with it, but we encourage our, our D that they have to be part of the offense, just like we encourage our forwards that have to be part of the defense. So, so um, you know, for the most part, our group has been very solid back there, led by uh Mercy and Barry, who uh, you know, have been really, really good for us in, the, in adding offense from the back. But our group is, uh, you know, our group's been pretty solid. And as long as we keep our goals against down, we like the contributions they're making from the offensive side of the game. Terry Jones, Post Media. Uh, curious about your observations with the rest of the night in the NHL. Uh, on the night you guys get your ex beside Edmonton in the standings, Winnipeg loses a seventh straight, and Montreal comes up with this kid Cole Caulfield who uh, has two his first two goals in the NHL are overtime winners, and all of a sudden they're they're both tied uh, for that last playoff spot. Uh, I mean, for the last two playoff spots behind you. 
Yeah, I mean, you're watching what's going on in the league, but there's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. But coming in today's game, I thought our, our players' spirits were were really good. We talked about we needed that one point to secure our spot. So we were we were very focused on what we had to do to make sure we got the X beside our, our, our name. And uh, But you continue to watch what's going on, and obviously you're going to have an opponent in the, in the playoffs, so we'll continue to watch that and see how it pans out. Thank you. Jim Matheson, Media. Uh, Dave, I thought uh, this was maybe Nugent Hopkins' best all-around game. What did you think of him yeah, driving that was, second line? Yeah, he was he was excellent all parts of the game. You know, it was uh, there wasn't a lot of special teams in it, but uh, that line was was really strong tonight. Really strong. They got rewarded with a goal. Um, you know he was solid in the face-off dot. I'm sure he'd like the the one that uh, they scored on, but he was solid the whole night. That that was a very strong game by him in that line. Uh, and you know, what did you think of Tyler Ennis, who hadn't played in several weeks? Yeah, he's he brings good energy. He's you know smart with the puck and that. So we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll try to get him a couple games here and get him back up and running. We're you know we're going to try to look at. A few players just it's hard with the call-up situation that that uh you know we have to monitor where we at but we had Haas and Shore banged up a little bit so we got you know we got a couple uh we got Ennis in there and we got JJ back so we'll see where it goes I'd like to continue to find some games for some guys just to make sure everybody's ready but we'll we'll uh, monitor that as we go on day by day here and Haas and Shore are they out tomorrow as well uh, they'll be questionable for tomorrow. I don't think Haas would be ready to play for sure. Sure would be a question mark. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If there are no more questions, this includes tonight's media development. Okay, that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They're going to the playoffs, a 5-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks tonight. We're happy to hear from you. The Certainteed hotline is 780-496-0063. Certainteed professional-grade building materials. We have Kevin standing by. Kevin, thanks a lot for calling, man. Go ahead. Hey boys, how you doing? Good. Uh, I, I just gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay out there. Jack Michaels may be the best play-by-play guy in the league, correct? Well, he's outstanding. I like him. He, he is. Yeah. Don't tell him I said that, I though. <laughs> <laughs> but I see a lot on Twitter how much he's the way he words things is amazing, correct? Well, I think we're very lucky. Uh, I mean, we got Jack, and now yeah. Cam is part of the team. Yeah, uh, he reminds I, me of Rod Phillips Rod back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 but thanks for saying that. I, I, I agree with you. All right, Kevin likes Jack. How about that, Rob? Yeah, well, Jack's a good guy. Yeah, I, I think he did an excellent job on the game tonight, as usual, he and Louie. Fun to watch, and then it's nice listening to Cam and Bob. We got it all. We got it all. We got a good... Uh, a good group of uh, announcers here in Edmonton. All right. The Oilers are playoff bound, a 5-3 win. We got more post-game reaction. We got more from you. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Chop it across, and Highmore comes in, stops on the right side. His pass in front of that right nice save by Koskinen off of Pearson, who just put it towards the goal, and Koskinen got it with the right pad. Koskinen gets the win tonight, 20 saves. Oilers beat the Canucks 5-3, so Koskinen bumping his record up to 12-11 and 11 on the season. The Oilers are 31-17-2. They have six games left, and four of them are against Vancouver. Two are against Montreal. 
Uh, Corey says Pugliarvi in his last 10 games, five goals, four assists, plus eight. Yeah, he's, he's doing well. He's making an impact on the game. Uh, this texture says, with Dreisaitl in a goal-scoring slump, are you not concerned that is this is potentially a big problem going into the playoffs? I've got absolutely uh, zero uh, concern about Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> he had six points in his last two games. Not concerned about Leon. Yeah, he could have scored one tonight if he would have wanted to. I, I think he could have hit the empty net from just outside the blue line. Just a, yeah. just a hunch. Call it a hunch, Rob. He's, he's second in the National Hockey League in scoring and quite a bit ahead in, in second. And he had six points last week. I, I don't even know what his stats are as of late, but yeah, no, I'm he not has concerned. Two, well, he's, uh, he has two goals in his last four games. He did go five games without a goal. Oh, what am I looking at here? Anyway, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't consider him in a slump offensively. He's still quite productive. <laughs> he's second in the NHL in scoring and six points in his last two games. Yeah, no, he's doing okay. Yeah, he had the hat trick against Ottawa on April 7th. He had five games without a goal. Then he got a couple. Now I guess now he's got three games without a goal. But that, that line's... For, the things tend to happen when, when he's on the ice. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that either. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert on the line, who's been calling us uh, fairly regularly this season. Robert, you must be happy tonight. Yeah, for sure. How you doing, guys? Reed, Rob, how's it going? Good. Well, I, well, I, I have a couple. I have a couple. I have a couple questions. Uh, oh, or points, I guess, for Rob. I guess, I guess that when the the uh, the Oilers when 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 they started three and six this year. Everybody was concerned. I heard you guys talking earlier there. Well, you know, Barry shouldn't be playing. Bear shouldn't be playing. Glaskinen should be traded. This, that, and whatever else. Well, and then you know, and then you, know, and then, you then you were saying, oh, Tippett, Tippett stuck with the guys he liked, and it's paid off. I guess the, I guess what I'm wondering, that's specifically a question for Rob. I guess, uh, I guess what I'm wondering would, would have to do with, I guess, like a, a three and six start this year in my opinion in my opinion is honestly nothing because I, I i look back on like like before we had mcdavid or dry or any of the any of those guys like like when like when it was basically hall new Eberly were basically our star players a three and six start then and the oilers could have been more or less out of it i'm wondering if you agree with that rob um, I mean, normally in an 82-game season, three and six teams are going to go three and six at any point during the year. Um, hockey players never feel they're out of a season if they start poorly. They, there's a lot of a lot of runway left to go. So, uh, as a player, they saw they had a poor start to the season, but yeah, I, I felt they were still going to compete for a playoffs. But I didn't have them being as good as they are. But uh, I don't think when if the other started three and six when ten years ago or two years ago or five years from now, I still don't count them out of a playoff spot just because of that start. There's a lot of games to be played, and teams have many chances to to turn it around. And we see every year that there's teams that start fast every year, and at the end of the season, they're always on the outside looking up. So good teams over the course of 82 games usually find their way into the playoffs. Bad teams don't. So after 82 games, that's when you decide if the team's good or bad. 
James writes in. Thanks, Robert. It's good to hear from you. James says McDavid might get to 100 points with the three games left against Vancouver this week. Well, he might know. get to 100 points next game. <laughs> like, seriously, he had 49. Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I said before the game with Bob, he, he's been in on 55% of the Oilers' goals this season. And that'll go up a little bit after tonight. So if the Oilers get a goal, it's it's basically a f- little better than 50-50 that McDavid got a point on it. Well, so, I mean, if, if, you if, if, go, you did, if, if you go over the last 25 games, I bet you it's higher than that. Well, I mean, probably. I mean, I mean, he's had what six three-point or more nights in the last seven games, or something along that line. Something silly. Uh, yeah, it, it is honestly, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he has a six-point game next game tomorrow night. I mean, Vancouver is a team that's exhausted, uh, and they're playing back to back. Connor McDavid doesn't get tired. It, it is absolutely scary. At the end, of, he'll have a five-minute shift, and he's just as good a shape at the end of the five-minute shift as he was at the beginning. Uh, he could have a much bigger night tomorrow night. Uh, again, it, it, you'll probably get a smile out of him if he gets his 100th point. It's not something that he's shooting for. But it, it, if you're going to follow it, and we are, then, yeah, it could happen tomorrow night. It'll certainly happen before the season's over, uh, as long as he's playing in the games and he's healthy. But, uh, yeah, it. I, I said two nights ago that the Oilers would win all four games against the Canucks. I still believe that. And some of the games may get out of hand because the Oilers are a much better hockey club than the Vancouver Canucks are. All right. Five, three, the Oilers win tonight. They're going to the playoffs, still looking very much like they will finish second in the North division. We have Joel standing by and we'll talk about the, what's going on for third place in a couple minutes, but we have Joel on the line. Hey, Joel, go ahead. Well, good evening to you, the guys. <clears throat> good evening. Yeah, good evening. Hello. Hello. Um, Hi. So, how did Carson play tonight? Nice, good. The goalie. Got the win. Yes. I said, how did he play? Like, did he play okay or not? Good, yep. Yeah. yeah, he played good. Yeah. I think he played all right tonight. Uh, what is his save percentage? On the year? Uh, well, coming into tonight, it was nine oh six, so it would it would drop slightly tonight. But he's been like up up in the high nine twenties ever since Smith came back. Much better okay. since it's been both guys. Uh, okay, so that's a save percentage. Uh, what's his minus? They don't. Well, they don't do plus minus for goalies. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Joel. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six. 0063. Let's check the out of town scoreboard here. And we will start with the two games in the North Division for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The other games in the North Division. Cole Caulfield scores in overtime. That's all he does, Rob. He's never scored a non overtime goal in his NHL <laughs> career, but it's he's not very many games in. Canadians beat the Leafs 3 2. The Jets lose to the Senators. 2-1. The Jets have lost seven straight. It is now Montreal tied with Winnipeg for third, and whoever finishes third will be the Oilers' opponent in round one. Yeah, it's no nobody was really looking at that two weeks ago. They were looking, okay, can Vancouver, can Calgary, can somebody catch the Montreal Canadiens? I, I did not see the Jets falling completely apart. I know they've had some injuries, but it's more than a couple of injuries that have caused them to free fall here. Uh, again, the Montreal Canadiens have a much harder schedule. I think they have five games left. 
two against the Leafs, two against the Oilers, and I think one against the Senators. And the Jets are playing, uh, they've got four or five games against non-playoff teams, and then they finish the season against the Leafs. So the Canadians have a much harder schedule, but they're playing way better. I still think the Jets will come in third, um, but... Uh, good on the Canadian. The Canadians are doing. They're beat up too. They're missing Weber. They're missing uh, Tatar. They're missing Byron. They're missing Price. Yet they still find a way to win. They're playing good. They're doing. They're doing the right thing right now. They're playing their best hockey at the end of the season, going into the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh, they are a team that you want to play in the first round because they are in absolute disarray. That's a team that should be much better than they are. And I don't know if it's quitting on the coach or. Uh, loss of confidence or just a run of horribly bad luck. But that is a team that is falling apart at the wrong time of the season. They did get Lowry back tonight, but Ehlers remains out. Don't forget no Gallagher for the Canadians too. Yeah, oh, uh, yes, the, another, yeah. Pretty good player yeah. too. The Wild beat the Golden Knights 6-5. Blues knock off the Ducks 3-1. It's the Predators winning in overtime 4-3 against the Jackets. Hurricanes win at home 5-2 over the Hawks. Flyers take it to the Penguins 7-2. Sorry, Rob. The Bruins shut out the Devils 3-0. Sabres upend the Islanders 4-2. Panthers in did, overtime 5-4 over the Stars. Sorry, Rob. Did you see the, the, the Buffalo Sabres? Kind of a neat story. The goal They have three goalies or four goalies injured in Buffalo. And the kid that played against oh, the kid, 28-year-old, yeah. his first ever NHL game at age 28, eight and a half years in the minors, plays his first ever NHL game and wins it. So good on him. Yeah. Well, Buffalo needs some good stories for sure. Uh, Panthers over the Stars, 5-4 in overtime. Also in overtime, Avalanche beat the Sharks, 5-4. Kings edge of the Coyotes, 3-2. And I'll give you the score in this game, but it's not what everybody's talking about. Capitals knock off the Rangers, 6-3. Tom Wilson uh, against uh, Pavel Buznevich and against Artemi Panarin, uh, you know, basically driving them into the ice during a, a massive goal mouth scrum, uh, dangerous plays. And then, yeah, I've seen the video you were talking about, Rob, kind of flexing on the bench after the fact. We got somebody, uh, Jim from Arizona says, how does finding Tom Wilson $5,000 maximum punish him? He says, uh, he says he's pointing out, Rob, that you stated he's foregone over a million dollars in uh, in salary. 1.2 already. so far, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, being fined isn't a deterrent because he still does stupid stuff. Uh, suspending him, going into the playoffs. I, I don't know if what he did is going to get him enough games to get into the playoffs. But it just, I, I love the fact that the Rangers said, and the word they kept using, or words, was lack of respect. And, and to me, that's what it is. It's a lack of respect. I mean, this is guy's livelihood, and you're, doing stupid things that Panarin when he threw him down twice he watches legs I mean he easily could have tore his knee up on either one of those he's got no helmet as you said he's getting thrown to the ice Wilson is strong he's a big man so wherever he decides he wants to throw you you're going you have no chance of fighting back as he's got you wrapped in a bear hug yeah absolute uh, embarrassment for for Tom Wilson the Washington Capitals that's something where the Washington Capitals come should come out and say something along the lines yeah we're embarrassed too because that's not the way the game should be played and I hope the NHL does something okay Oilers win 5-3 in Vancouver they've locked up a playoff spot we have Bijan calling in hi Bijan go ahead Hi, hi. How's it going, sir? How are you? Doing well. So this is Bijan from Montreal and from East Coast. And first of all, I want to congratulate uh, 
the city of Edmonton, the Edmonton organization, the, the coaching staff have been a long time since uh, 2017, and uh, I'm watching and listening to you guys every night, even though it's the East Coast. And uh, But before I start my, my point of Edmonton Oilers, I just want to bring a point. I know Mr. Rob Brown is there. He played, I, I guess, about 20 years in the NHL. He knows. He knows hockey, and I'm very, very disappointed. In a way, not disappointed, but uh, the, for the East Coast media, especially TSN and uh, Hockey Night in Canada and sometimes the Sportsnet, to comparing McDavid with this number 34 of Toronto, Austin Matthews. This is, I, I, I just don't understand where they're coming from. I just don't understand their logics. I remember they used to compare Wendell Crouch with Mark Messier. I remember. This is the media of the Toronto. I remember when Mario Lemieux was top of his games, they were comparing sometimes with the Doug Gilmore's. Believe it or not. <laughs> so my point is, this is the guy, okay, six years in NHL. I'm talking about McDavid. Okay, Four, 401 game today. Tonight was 401 games for him. 560 points. You tell me, who do that? I can name, to my esteem, I watch hockey since 1983, since I came to Canada. Believe me, I can name you 10 players right now, right now, better than the number 34 of Toronto. You telling me he's better than Patrick Kane? You telling me he's better than McKenna? You tell me he's better than Cosby? You tell me he's better than Mark Shafi. You tell me he's better than Ovechkin. You tell me he's better than Panera. I'm not talking about today. This, uh, this is uh, I I watch these games. I know my games. I know who's playing. I'm not talking about because I'm Edmonton fan. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about I just don't understand this Toronto media. I, I never understood it. I mean I don't want to say they are uneducated, but I'm just saying even the, in the Oilers' heyday, I remember. They were, they were Buria Salman, that used uh, Swedish player. They compared him to Paul Coffey. I remember that. I remember that. I remember, I mean, the, the gentleman from Global and me. Anyway, this is for the Toronto media and uh, basically TSM. But I'm very happy for Oilers. I remember uh, two years ago, two years ago, when they make a playoff, and I was not very happy the way they were playing. But now, I can name you about six, seven young kids. This is the teams, I, I, even though um, maybe they, they don't make it to go too far this year, but I'm very happy with the path and the destination they are going. This is, right I'm very happy. This is, this is, this is, I'm not going to say because of the number of free agency and all these things, uh, salary caps and everything. I'm not going to say dynasty, but we are in the right path. I want to congratulate Kenny Holland and whole Edmonton staff, especially Chat Sisteri, also uh, with the coverage, especially you, uh, Mr. Brown, and also um, uh, my, my friend. Uh, I, I keep, I'm so nervous to talk now. Uh, That's okay. Hey, no, Bijan, we're, we're happy to hear from you. Th thank you very much for calling. Thanks for calling in for Montreal and for uh, and for listening to us and and uh, staying up late, obviously, and uh, enjoying the Oilers 
clinching a postseason berth tonight. I'm not going to talk too much about the Matthews thing. I, I've talked about it on my on my nightly talk show, Inside Sports, before. Uh, I mean, we do live in a country where uh, about a third of the population lives in a relatively uh, small area, and uh, and I think that's why sometimes that that team gets uh, a lot of coverage. Look, I, I saw I've seen the things about Matthews and. I, I, know, I know fans go back and forth. Austin Matthews is an outstanding player. Mm-hmm. And regardless of who he plays for, I have no trouble saying that because I think in our jobs, Rob, we, sh- we should recognize that. I also, yep. think, I also think what McDavid is doing this season is, is legendary, quite frankly. Like, like yeah, two, I- but two guys can be good. McDavid can be... Uh, absolutely incredible but matthews can still be excellent like they're yeah. not exclusive well first of all I, I that that call that phone call that that made my night he was good i i enjoyed that i had a smile on my face the whole time i was listening to him talk he knows his hockey and good on him uh, i i love matthews as a hockey player i really do i enjoy watching him play i enjoy watching marner play um they they are magic and, and it's and it's great I, I i love stars in the national hockey league i think it's good that i can turn on a game and toronto's playing oh good i get to watch matthews and marner play i get to watch tavares i can turn on the the, the montreal canadians and i can see Carey price player or, or weber on the back end and then you can go through the whole league they've got special players now matthews is great and all the number of players that that gentleman talked about the mckinnons the canes Shifley's all fantastic hockey players that when you watch them, you get drawn to them. You, you just, you, you get mesmerized of the things they can do. McKinnon's speeds, Kane's stick handling and playmaking ability and go on and on. Having said that, the year that Connor McDavid is having right now is second to none in the National Hockey League. He is head and shoulders above everybody this year offensively. No one's even close. Matthews has been great, but... Matthews is in a different league. Matthews could be in the league with Leon and, and Kane and McKinnon, and that's a pretty good league to be in. But this year, it's Connor McDavid is head and shoulders above everyone else. And McDavid gets another four points tonight, two goals and two assists. He's plus four as the Oilers knock off the Canucks 5-3. Dreisaitl had two assists. Um, who also had multiple points. Oh, Pugliarvi had one and one and was uh, plus Tyson three. Tyson Berry, too. This evening, Tyson Berry with a couple of... Uh, I only got him at one, Rob. Did they change something? I thought he had one and one as well. I thought they said that, but on I the could game, be wrong. On the game sheet I got here, they just got him at a goal. Maybe something's been changed. Anyway, they won. They were good. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they were they one. They well were good. They played Yes. Nurse played 23 and a half. Uh, McDavid only played 1840 tonight. See, plus uh, plus he got bench drop. No, he didn't. I'm joking, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Larson played 24 minutes, so he played quite a bit tonight. For shots on goal, Cahoon had four. Nuge had four face-offs. The Oilers were a little under 50% tonight at 48%. And Dreisaitl, a rare sub-50 night in the circle. He won five out of 11 for uh, 45%. So some of the other stats notes for you there. We will go to uh, Rob on the line. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Certainty Hotline. Hey Rob, go ahead. Hey guys, uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to bore you again without McDavid, but uh, kind of what I wanted to talk about, um, like what we're seeing here is um, legendary, historic, um, one of a kind. Like you know, 
we're we're at a point here where like when I see what he's doing is going to be um, talked about for years and years and years. And and the thing is, like sometimes when you're in the moment, you don't realize how awesome it is. But I, I'm telling you, this guy is unbelievable. Now now, but one of the biggest points I, I want to put out, like when I see him doing um, after game interviews. I know people go, oh my God, he's boring and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, you watch him. He is steely-eyed, looking in, looking out, and he's basically telling the world, and you, you just watch what he, what he says and, and, and look at his face. And um, this guy wants nothing. He will not be satisfied until there's a Stanley Cup or more <laughs> sitting on top of his shelf. Like, this guy is unbelievable. Like, I mean, he is, like, we haven't seen this since Gretzky. And I don't mean to, I'm not trying to put him to Gretzky level exactly, but my God, this is, like, everyone, Edmonton, listen up, Edmonton. This, you will never see this again. Like, we were so lucky to have it the first time. We got it the second time. Well, this season he's he's having, if you look at his points per game, it's it's one of the best all time. And, and quite frankly, if you take out some of the star players from the 80s and early 90s, Rob, before goaltending got a lot better. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I played in that era. Those goaltenders were good. They just fell down a lot and looked really small, but they were really good. <laughs> Anyway, just because I played uh, against Darren Pang, who was five foot four, and he was a goalie in the National Hockey League, but that's besides the point. He was a really good small goalie. But uh, again, I, I'm not—I don't want to upset you, so I'll just keep talking. <laughs> uh, but it, but I mean, if you look at the, again, like we referenced, the percentage of the goals he's involved in, and and his total points, and how big his lead is in in the total point standing. I mean. Rob is right, and I think he made a good point. Sometimes when it's happening, you know, it's happening, and you you talk about it, and you realize it's spectacular. But then when you look back on it, you're even going to realize uh, more so how, how incredible it was. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 fun to watch, and we don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. And I was talking about that on my show a few days ago, Rob. That the next step for McDavid and Drysdale and other great players. If you want to talk, mm-hmm. you can throw McKinnon in there, a relatively young player. We know they can do it in the regular season. Their, their resume is going to be playoff success. It's going to be cups. Same thing that happened to Jordan. Same thing that happened to Mario until he won it. You know, his, the knock on him is as well. Gretzky's taking teams to the championship and, and Mario hasn't until he did. I mean, Ovechkin, what was it? Thir- the 13th year in the league, Ovechkin won it, something like that. Uh-huh. So, but that's, I mean, now that's the fun part is seeing if he can do it and, and the challengers that he's going to have to try to uh, overcome. But just in terms of pure offensive production, this is, I don't think this is overstating it. This is one of the best seasons in the history of the National Hockey League. Yeah, it is. And the, the things that you look at, and it's hard to, I know that there people have stats and there's formulas to compare eras. The way I always look at it is look how far ahead they are than someone else. Uh, the second guy is when Gretzky was winning his scoring titles, he was winning them by 50, 60, 70 points. It was silly. You so could have, when in some years you could have taken his goals out of the equation. And yes, he still and he won. still would have won. And, and yeah. that's, what, that's when you see how good a player was in that era. 
And that's how you can compare it. And that's what McDavid's having that kind of year right now, where the closest challengers is teammate. And how many points now is Leon behind Connor? Is it close to 20 now? Uh, What is it now? So Connor's up to 91. And Leon is at 74. Okay, so 17 17 points. points. So, yeah. And then the next guy, where's the next guy? Because it's a little bit drop after Leon then too, is it not? I'd have to double check the league. Yeah, so you're into 20 points to the next guy. So, I mean, that's the kind of year he's having. So over the course of a season, when you get into 82 games, the way he's going, he's probably going to win the scoring teller or would have won it by 30 points. Yeah, McKinnon's at, 60, was... McKinnon's at 65. Yeah, so that's 26 points, isn't it? So, yeah, so it, that's pretty good. So he's going to be, again, any other player in the National Hockey League other than his line mate at the end of a season, in an 82-game season, would have been 30 to 40 points behind. Now you start talking Mario Gretzky type of scoring titles, and that's where you get put in with the the big boys. And Connor McDavid's well on his way. And the, it, and this is what's so cool about uh, Connor and, and, and the great ones, that all the hype was there. When Connor McDavid was drafted, I mean, before he was drafted, because everyone wanted to win the lotto to get him, he was a generational player. All the pressure in the world before he came in, just like Sidney Crosby, uh, just like Mario, these guys were coming in. Then to come in and live up to the hype and actually sometimes exceed I, I the hype. I think he surpassed it. Yes, exceed the hype. And I think that's what's so amazing about it because everyone had him on this pedestal and everyone was waiting for him to fall or to fail. They're like, okay, there's no way he's going to be as good as the Gretzky's or the Sydney's and blah, blah, blah. And here he is today showing you how incredible he is. Now, yes, the next step is in the playoffs, and that's what's so exciting about this year. He's got a team that's pretty good, playing very well, and the season has just been officially extended because they are a playoff hockey club. Now now you get to see him play in the important games, and that's going to be fun. Oilers take it 5-3. This individual writes in and says, one big positive I'm noticing is the progression for our younger players. Bear Jones, Nurse, Pugliarvi all made tremendous progression throughout the course of the season and seem to be growing their games heading into the playoffs. For me, this bodes well not just for this playoff run, but hopefully future ones as well. Okay, we got to get a timeout in here, guys. Uh, John and Robert, we are getting to you on the phones. We're looking for someone to finish the play. Also at 780-496-0063. And we know uh, if you listen, we, we you know that we'll, we'll help you get into that grand prize draw if we can. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. it to the top of the circle. It's given away. Drysaddle to McDavid. To Pugliarvi scores! Yes, a Pugliarvi. A tic-tac-toe play. And it's 1-0 Edmonton. Uh, yeah, great setup there. That was the first goal of the night. 341 into the game. Pugliarvi is 13th for McDavid. And Drysaddle, you got to love that, Rob. Great vision by Drysaddle and McDavid. And then, I mean, you've said it a million times. If you're on that line finish and you'll stay on that line yeah it was good finish by Pugliarvi too and, and what you like about him is he's putting himself in the right positions he's knowing where to go uh and yes if you uh, are playing with the two best players in the National Hockey League and they give you the opportunity to score and an opportunity as good as that one you got to capitalize so good on Pugliarvi uh again it's always fun when he scores because there is nobody happier scoring a goal than Yessi Pugliarvi. It's fun watching him on the bench afterwards. He's got the biggest smile ever. 
Certainteed Hotline, professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. We have John standing by. Hey, John, go ahead. Hey, hey guys. Um, first of all, um, Reed, I want to say um, a modern-day comparison, Reed, for Rob in the NHL, I think would, a fair thing would be um, Jake Gensel in Pittsburgh because um, obviously they both were Penguins and Rob was a little bit better, got 49 there. I don't think Jake will ever get 49, but I think that's a pretty fair comparison of Rob and Jake. Um, my, what well, I thank you. Say, I, appreciate, pre- I appreciate that. I wish I had oh. Jake's bank account, though. That's yeah. the only comparison <laughs> right now. He is really winning in. Yeah, true enough, Rob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my prediction is um, that um, that uh, Ron Francis is going to wait um, because Rod Brindamore wants to wants a new um, deal, but he wants the assistants and all the trainers and the coaching staff and everything. So uh, my prediction is that uh, um, Ron Francis waits, and they're going to need everything in Seattle. So he's going to wait until um, Carolina um, gets knocked out or wins it all. Who knows? Because they have a good team and hires everybody. He hires Rod. He hires the assistants. He hires the trainers. He hires the co- the uh, equipment managers and everything because they need everything in Seattle. And I, um, I like that prediction. I honestly do like that prediction. I was thinking about that the other day. I think there okay. is a possibility that Brendan Moore goes there. Yeah, and, and, and not just him, but everybody. Um, Rob, when when a team is everything is going all freaked up, like it's going for um, Winnipeg right now, and mm-hmm. they call like a team meeting, and and you know I've never played, Reed and I never played in the NHL, obviously, but um, you did. And Rob, like when a team meeting is going on like that, like what some crazy things you've seen in team meetings, Rob? Like when you know, have you ever seen guys like you stupid mother, get your head oh, out God, of here, yeah. you know, and like a fist fight and. In, and and guys, like guys are honest, and they are. When it's just the players, you can say it whatever you want, and guys do get uh, very, very uh, intense, and very angry. Um, I have seen guys get up and have to be separated. Um, but at like the very end of it, Rob Dibble, like a Lupinella Rob Dibble confrontation, like in the um, dressing room. <laughs> that was that was right? in front of the press, though, wasn't it? That the yeah, press it was, yeah. on that one. Yeah, no, the the play- hockey players are a little smarter than that. They do it behind closed doors, but yeah. Uh, and everyone gets to speak, and that's the best part. It's not just the stars speaking down to the rest of the players. Everyone gets to call each other out, and everyone's got to accept it because uh, you're speaking the truth. You're a family, and you got to be able to be honest with each other. And I can tell you right now, the Winnipeg Jets certainly need one of those conversations in the dressing room because they do not look anything remotely close to the team that we saw earlier in the season. They are in absolute disarray. So... Uh, yeah, no, uh, they they are certainly heated conversations when a, a group of guys get into a dressing room and discuss what's going wrong. I should clarify here as well. I am plenty old enough to have seen Rob play in the NHL. I was, <laughs> I was, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Rob, and I'm going to inflate your ego here, perhaps. I was in high school when you were playing for the Penguins and you had your 49 goal season. And I thought, I've grown up in Evansburg, I thought it was the coolest thing that a guy from St. Albert got to play on Mario's line and was getting all these points. And I used to stay up, especially on Friday and Saturday, not during the week so much, and watch the late night sports on CBC. And they had like Gord Miller and Chris Cuthbert as the anchors Mm -hmm. to watch highlights. And I always would watch to see how you did because I thought that was so cool. A a guy from Alberta got to go play with, uh, and I know they're, you know, the Oilers were great, but I just thought it was neat. There was also an Alberta guy, uh, an Alberta connection to Lemieux. And I, I, I very much remember when you got traded, because I was like, why would they trade Rob Brown? Like, he's good. 
uh, Scott Young I wondered was also that too. good, though. I wondered why they traded me, too. It worked out really well for the Penguins, though. I can tell you that much. They were winning Stanley Cups afterwards. Um, yeah, no, it was... Uh, it, Pretty cool being having the opportunity to play with Mario. I, I know that those couple of years there that I won a lot of people uh, hockey drafts because uh, they would email or send letters. Well, back then it was you were, you were probably a late round I, pick for people. I was, at I that was, point. and then when they started picking me early in the next few years, I lost a lot of people hockey drafts, <laughs> and I heard about those in the letters they wrote as well. So I was popular for a while with hockey draft people, but then eventually I wore my welcome out. All right. Oilers win 5-3 tonight. They're going to the playoffs. We have Robert. Go ahead, Robert. How you doing, guys? Good. So I would be remiss if I did not call because I heard a rumor that we got the two points that put us over the top tonight. There it is. That's right. That is right, Robert. Absolutely. Right. Goes right with those first two points we got at the beginning of the year. Right, Reed? It's the exact same value, exact same. Exact same value. So I want to tell you where my values are. I don't want to say much. I actually want to sit back and listen and hear what, hands down, the most intelligent, insightful, and well-spoken analyst in the game has to say about the upcoming playoff matchups. Read... You know I'm talking about Rob, right? Yes, I do, sir. (laughs) So, Rob, I want to sit back and hear what you have to say about the matchups the Oilers are going to have in the first round and then in the second round as observers what we should be paying attention to. I'll shut up and listen. Well, it's funny. Um, Ten days ago or five days ago, it would have been fairly easy to to just tell you talk about the first round because it would have been Edmonton Winnipeg. Well, let's and just thought, do it. Just do Winnipeg and Montreal. Well, okay. So, but I'm, I'm thinking if it was Edmonton Winnipeg, that is a very good uh, matchup for the Oilers. I, I think the Winnipeg Jets uh, have good depth up front, and, and they've got a very good offensive line. It was Shifley. They got if Ehlers healthy, a fantastic hockey player. I like Connors too. The problem for the Jets is on their back end. I think Morrissey and Pionk are very good defensemen, but they're very good offensive defensemen. And after that, it's a big drop-off, and the Edmonton Oilers can uh, exploit that. They, I think it's 30-some points that Connor and Leon have against the Jets this year. I, I saw another stat where Marner and Matthews have like 25 points against them. The Winnipeg Jets do not have anyone on their back end that can stop elite players. So the Edmonton Oilers, if they play against the, the Jets, I have the Oilers winning in five or six. The Montreal Canadiens, if the Oilers play them, uh, a different type of team. They're not offensively gifted, but they will pound you and they will wear you down and they will uh, play as close to the edge as you can possibly play. They got four very good defensemen, a third pairing that is good. They got four fairly equal lines. Nothing, None of them will scare you, but certainly none of them will uh, cause the coach grief when he puts them out there and they got good goaltending. They'll play low scoring hockey games. I think the Montreal Canadiens are a much tougher matchup for the Edmonton Oilers. I think that's a a series that could go six or seven. The Oilers would win, but coming out of a series against Montreal, you're banged up, you're tired, you're physically spent. And it'd be much harder going into the second round if you have to play against Montreal. So as an Oilers fan, 
you hope the Jets come in third because I think that's a much easier, uh, less risky first-round matchup to get to the second round against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, Oilers win 5-3 tonight. Faz is going to finish the play, and just for playing, he's going to get a $50, uh, $50 sawmill gift card. Kellen, what do you have? Kulikov on the right wing to Yamamoto. He'll come out through center. Cuts across center. Makes a move at the line. Comes in. He'll get it. Nugent Hopkins on the left wing. Drops it. Kulikov across. One-timer. Okay, one-timer goal in the last minute of the second period. Who scored the goal? Was it William Lagason or Dominic Cahoon, Faz? Um, pretty sure that was Dominic Cahoon. Kulikov on the right wing to Yamamoto. He'll come out through center. Cuts across center. Makes a move at the line. Comes in. He'll get it. Nugent Hopkins on the left wing. Drops it. Kulikov across. One-timer. Scores! Dominic Cahoon off the right wing. Absolutely, it's Dominic Cahoon. Nice shot from him. And, of course, Laguson didn't play tonight. Good play. <laughs> yeah, well, good yeah, pass no, by Kulikov. It was a great pass. I mean, going forward, I mean, Laguson's a guy that you may see play a game. Is he healthy yet? Reed, is Laguson uh, healthy? I think he's okay. Yeah, Tippett's, he's he practiced in Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy that you may want to see play one game before the playoffs just to test him out. Russell's I, I, it's Russell that's day-to-day. Yeah, okay, so Russell will be back in before the season's out. They will certainly get him into a game or two as they want him ready for the playoffs. Lagason, I would not be surprised if they got him in a game before the season's out just to get him a game before the playoffs because you're going to want depth players ready for the playoffs. Normally you go through seven, eight, nine, possibly 10 defensemen during a playoff run, so you want to make sure everybody is fully on board, healthy, and ready for a playoff. All right. Oilers are going to the postseason. They win 5-3. Connor McDavid leading the way tonight. You will hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Playoff spot taken care of. Oilers win in Vancouver 5-3. Faz got finished the play there, so his name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Connor McDavid, what can you say? Four points tonight. Here he is. Hi, Connor. I just wanted to ask you about what it means to to clinch that playoff spot uh, for the group. That obviously means a lot. Um, you know, your your first goal every season is to play in the playoffs, and you know that's step one. And we've been able to do that. Um, now we just need to uh, continue to work on our game and you know pay attention to details and get ready for the playoffs. Another four points for you tonight. Um, is it just that that one hundred? It, it's it's there. Everyone talks about it. Is that still a milestone for you? Are you looking at that, or are you just trying to play as best as you guys can in these last six games? Well, obviously, I'm trying to play as best as I can and, and, you know, personally make sure my game is where it needs to be heading into the playoffs. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, I mean, I've said this all before. It's 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 a number. Um, you know, it, uh, if I get there, great. If not, uh, it's not the end of the world either. Um, you know, the most important thing is our team is uh, is keeping up for the playoffs and uh, you know, making sure we're, uh, we're flying on all c- cylinders on uh, game one. Thanks, Connor. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. 
Connor, take me back to the last time you guys were sort of in the playoffs, qualifying around. You came out of that Chicago series sour. Uh, and at the start of the year, you made some statements. You made some sort of you, – I know you wanted to change some things. Can you can you just take us back to sort of what's changed in your game and your team's game? Why are you such a, a lock for the playoffs today when, when it didn't go so well last time? Um, you know, I think everyone everyone left the bubble um, in a bad mood. I think uh, no one felt felt great about uh, where we were at, how that series went. I think uh, you know it was a good moment for us to to kind of step back and learn from it. Um, you know, learn what it takes to to win. I think um, you know, everyone's done a great job of buying in this year and believing. I think. Uh, you know, we've gotten good goaltending, which always helps. And, you know, we found ways to keep bucks out of our net and, and uh, um, you know, offensively um, have been pretty good. So you know, that's a recipe for, for a playoff team. And um, well, now it's up to us to make sure we're ready to go come game one, like I said. Yeah, this is your technically only the second playoffs in your career. Um, it, you know, you guys got something going here. You got a team that's played really good hockey for a long time. Uh, you got a shot at some at winning some games here. It must be exciting to be part of a team that's that's going in here, uh, you know, home ice advantage and looking pretty good. That's obviously exciting, um, you know. But that's that's all it is. I mean, we got lots and lots and lots of work to do, um, lots of work before we even get to the playoffs. So um, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas now. Jim Matheson, both media. Uh, Connor, do you have a better feeling for your team right now than you did when they had the pause last year in terms of what you've got on your team and how deep you are or whatever? Um, you know, I felt good about our team then. Um, I feel good about our team now. I think, you know, uh, you know, you always kind of believe in your group and I think, uh, you know, we have uh, we have some really good pieces. I think we've, uh, you know, both of our goalies have been great. Um, you know, I like where our back end's at, and, and we got guys sitting out that can easily be in the lineup as well. So, um, you know, I think we got a good balance, and, and uh, like I said before, it's up to us now to, uh, to make sure we're coming together and our game's coming together and we're paying attention to details and, and doing things right. And Jesse... Uh on your back on your line it to me it looks like the game is slowing down for jesse so in terms of just skating hard and forechecking you know the, the better the longer you play i guess the game slows down and you don't have to rush things is that how you're seeing it with him or no well i think for anyone once you you get more comfortable in the league and you have a little more confidence you know the game just slows down for you um you know and and, and he's uh, he's worked hard at his game he's changed his game i think um you know, before he left, he didn't want to do those things. He didn't want to forecheck. He didn't want to play hard. And and uh, and now he's come back, and, and that's uh, that's his specialty. So, you know, he's hard on pucks. He's a big man. Um, he goes to the net hard, makes the D-man pay the price if they want to box him out. And, um, you know, that's uh, that's the kind of winger we need. Daniel Nudra-Bowman, the athletic. Uh, I was actually going to ask a little bit about uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, Connor, and, and um, it just seems like he's a lot more not only on the ice but off the ice you can see him joking and, and, and just a lot more at ease do you, do you feel that and get a sense of that with him around the room and, and around the the, uh, the team yeah I think uh, you know he's definitely talking more um, you know feeling more involved 
I think the two go hand in hand. When things are going well on the ice, you, you feel like you have a, have your place off the ice, and um, you know. But it's 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 also just gaining that experience, being a little bit older, being a little more comfortable in his own skin, and um, you know, obviously he's a, he's a great a great kid, and um, you know, brings lots of energy uh, on and off the ice to our team. When he uh, got back here, I think people, well, he started on the third line and, and that was, or it was kind of like an, ease, an easing him in type of process, but he jumped up and has played in the top six from game five or six on. Uh, how quickly do you think it was that he started exceeding expectations around here um, this season? Well, I think uh, that was kind of always his, his the plan. I think, uh, you know, he came in and, and knew he had to, to show a new coach um you know he had never never been with tip before and you know never been with kenny either so he had to sh- kind of prove his way and um i thought he, he came in ready and and uh, in great shape and um you know they put him on the third line and he kind of worked his way up that's that's how it goes for young guys so um you know credit to him terry jones post media <laughs> Terry, Terry, we can't hear you. I think you're a little bit. Hello? Yeah, gotcha. we're good now. Okay. On the night you guys put the X beside Edmonton in the standings, you look uh, down and there's question marks uh, beside Winnipeg and, and Montreal. Can you just uh, speak to uh, your observations with Winnipeg suddenly losing seven straight and Montreal coming up with this kid out of college, Cole Caulfield, who uh, <laughs> scores two overtime winners. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, two great teams. Um, two teams that, uh, um, you know, feel exactly how we feel about the, our own team. You know, I think they they both believe in their groups. I think, uh, you know, they both feel they can come out of the north. So, um you know, obviously Winnipeg's going through a bit of a slide, but you know that doesn't uh, that doesn't mean much. I mean, the playoffs are a completely different animal. So, um, in Montreal, you know, going through some injuries, but you know, they're a big, strong team, and and uh, you know, are a lot to handle. So, you know, whoever it is, we're we're ready to go, and and we gotta you know worry about ourselves here for the final six and and keep building. Tonight, a good example about uh, worrying about yourself and looking after yourself. Um, yeah, I think uh, anytime you get a chance to clinch, you want to you want to take advantage. Uh, you know, it's not every day you get a chance to uh, to punch your ticket into the the Stanley Cup playoffs and and you know get give yourself a chance to to win uh, to win the ultimate prize. So you know, I thought we did a good job good job of taking advantage of that. Jason Greger, TSN twelve sixty. Tony, you mentioned about the final six games. You've clinched a. And, you know, you've almost clinched second place overall. In, in 2017, you guys went into the playoffs pretty hot. I, I think you won, like, your last nine home games that year. Just how important is it to continue this and, and not kind of, I don't know, create bad habits or not? And how do you find that balance between playing hard and, and what might be a few meaningless games in the standings? Well, it's not a light switch. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you can't just turn your game on and off. Um, you gotta always keep building. So, you know, uh, I remember in 2017 we were we were playing some some real good hockey and um, you know came out and beat a good San Jose team. So, you know, we're obviously hoping for the same thing. Uh, you know, this year, um, you know, we want to go and play and play our best and um, you know, give ourselves the best uh, best opportunity come game one. 
And I have to ask you this. A lot of fans were wondering, uh, I don't know if you saw the video, James Neal said something to you and Pulley Arby on the bench that had both of you laughing. And uh, they're wondering if uh, he just joked to JP about if uh, he wants to switch line mates or not. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, James Neal is... Uh... A good guy. Uh, yeah. you know, he always keeps it light in the room. Um, you know, and he had us both uh, both laughing a couple times tonight. Um, you know, definitely a, a real good teammate. Can you talk quickly about him and Mike Smith? And just like Mike Smith, you know, his, their, their experience and, and maybe just being a lighthearted, but also knowing when to say the right thing or challenge guys. How's imp how important is to that group, you know, to have veteran guys like that on the team who are vocal? Uh, well, I think, you know, a lot's been made about Smitty's on-ice game um, this year. Off-ice, he's massive for us. Um, you know, he's a, a, he's a big leader for us. Um, you know, keeps guys honest. And, and for James, um, you know, he, uh, he is, is a massive guy for us uh, off the ice as well. You know, he keeps guys, uh, um, you know, maybe a little lighter. He knows when to, uh, when to, uh, to turn it on as well. So, you know, both guys have such good experience, and uh, you know, we certainly count on both of them. That is Connor McDavid. Four points tonight. He has 91 on the season in 50 games. He will try to add to it, well, later today now, as the Oilers go up against the Canucks again. We have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 6. The game will start at 8. And don't forget, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Get more on this one on globalnews.ca or 6.30ched.com. A 5-3 victory for the Oilers, and they punch a ticket to the postseason. Thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.